Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast from Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to get into God's Word every single day, so we decided to read through the Bible chronologically and talk about it together. Thanks for listening. Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story. It's me and Ryan today talking about the 10 plagues. Ryan, go ahead. Talk about your chances. They're chances. They're not plagues. I mean, they are plagues, but they're mostly chances. Explain, please. <laughs> Uh, listen, I think there. I, I am a huge advocate of like, take some time and read it. Don't be like distracted by what you think you know. Like, don't think about that flannel graph that you used to have in your little Sunday school class. Like, actually dig into this and see what's going on. So what's going on um, is that there are a lot of terrible things happening. They are plagues. But if you look at chapter 9, it's verse 16. Uh, God says, I've spared you for a purpose to show off my power and to spread my fame throughout the earth. Now, we know that God has a missionary heart. Like, it is his desire, um, particularly in, you know, these these first couple books of the Bible, to raise up a culture of people who are a, a priesthood nation. Like, they want they, – it's their role to represent God because God cares about the people of the world. And so, I think that – I think that when you call this the 10 plagues, you actually miss a lot of what's going on because it makes God seem like, yeah, he just plagued all those people. But it's actually God saying like, hey, when will you come to me? Like, I'm going to give you this first thing. I'm going to give you this second thing. I'm going to give you the third thing. I'm going to give you 10 things to have you understand who I am, why I want you to follow me. And some people do choose that. I think that gets missed a lot when we talk about the story. Yeah. Um, um, what, what plague would you rather have happen to you? A no, lot of frogs. No, they're terrible. No, choose, choose. A I lot would of... choose to live in Goshen, <laughs> where it seems more safe. <laughs> where your livestock are thriving. <laughs> I have a dog. That's it. I guess the dog would be thriving. Me too. I have a dog and some kids that I are kind of thriving. We're potty training today. Did we talk to you about gosh. that? She's doing a great job. Potty training is hard. <laughs> um, maybe that's a plague. <laughs> would you rather have potty training or have your house filled with frogs? Uh, one, two, three, frogs. frogs. <laughs> Probably frogs. Um, there's a there's a really interesting uh, kind of idea here about the plagues. Um, the Nile River is very important to the yeah, Egyptian people. I was thinking that too. Yeah, the, it, it's like um, well, first of all, it's like a it's a god. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't. I, is it actually? There's a god of the Nile. Okay, so it's it's very central to the Egyptian culture, and so when God strikes the Nile River and turns it to blood, that gets their attention. Yeah, well, it's the reason why Egypt is so plentiful, fruitful. Like yes, it's, it's like the source of everything for Egypt. And there's a pretty compelling case to be made that that God Yahweh is actually like purposely embarrassing several Egyptian gods in the use of these plagues. Oh, I think I've heard that somewhere. It's, yeah. it's pretty interesting. I don't know a ton about it, but uh, if that is something that sounds intriguing to you, probably like spend some time on Google or something. Yeah. Um, but there are certain gods for certain things in, in Egyptian culture. And so this is God saying, hey, the Nile, that's not a god. I am. Hey, that, that frog god, that's not a god. I am. Lord of the flies. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty interesting. That was a very nerdy joke. Okay. Um, I was trying to come back, but I couldn't think of the kid's name. <laughs> Uh, Ralph. Jack. Ralph? Oh, Ralph and Jack. There you go. Someone else, too. Never mind. There's a whole bunch of them. Anyway, um, the thing that I was thinking about when I – which one is it? The Plague of Hail. Pharaoh quickly summons Moses and Aaron and says, This time I have sinned, he confessed. The Lord is the righteous one, and my people and I are wrong. Please beg the Lord to end this terrifying thunder and hail. So Pharaoh confesses sin, begs for it to go away, this plague – 
chance, whatever you want to talk about. Um, but still, he hardens his heart afterwards. And I was thinking of um, Augustine and like confessions, and he talks about how in his head he knew that God was real. Um, he knew that he was sinful, but he didn't come to know God until he decided that he would rather have God than his sin. Mm. And I was thinking about, you can know God with your head. You can say, yep, he exists. You can say, yeah, I'm a bad person. But until you acknowledge the fact that you need the Lord to actually change your desires and declare him Lord over everything, including the sin in your life, that's that's salvation. I was thinking about that. I don't know. That's very good. <laughs> I like that. Um, also, what actually like got my attention is, is not very deep, but there's no TV. There's no newspaper. There's no internet. There's a lot of people that live in Egypt. It's easy to read this and think that like, well, yeah, everybody knew what was going on. But this is like a very small group of people that explicitly know what's going on. Right. I wonder if they didn't have any like announcements. <laughs> I, I don't think there were morning announcements. Um, <laughs> the loudspeakers in the pyramids. <laughs> but it's, it's interesting when you think about the full scope of things. Uh, God was definitely getting everyone's attention. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's just wild. I can't wild. I can't read these, though, without thinking of the scenes from Prince of Egypt. I literally cannot read them without all those scenes going through my mind. That's why I like to push back on that every time I like speak about things, because I think all of us have that struggle if right. you grew up in Christian circles. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's exactly. where that's where some of you uh, folks who are older and newer Christians, you actually have a very serious advantage because you can actually interact with some of this stuff for the first time and learn about it yeah. and not think about the Prince of Egypt. Do you know how many celebrities voiced in that movie? A lot. A lot of them. A lot, yeah. Anyway, I only know that because we listen to the soundtrack on a regular basis at my house. <laughs> Boys to men's on that. Yeah. <laughs> Martin Short and um, <laughs> I forgot the other Martin. Steve Martin. Oh, Steve Martin. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, oh, I have to. I have to do a, a redaction. Okay. Remember when I said Charles Heston? <laughs> Charlton Heston. His name is Charlton Heston. Sorry, Chuck. So sorry to the Heston family. <laughs> Please forgive me. <laughs> Guys, this episode seems like a wild west. Anything goes right now. Yeah, and we're going to get into more plagues, Dar. There's more to come. There are more plagues to come, but I think as as you kind of look through these plagues, and I think actually the plagues are another good thing for you to actually go back and look at. Like, take a minute, either listen to us, read the text, or actually sit down for yourself and read it for yourself. Um it is a very good case for God making himself known to everyone. Oh, I did want to talk about that. Um, I think it's tomorrow. We're going to get into Exodus 12. Hopefully it's tomorrow, or is it the next yeah, day? No, that's tomorrow. So Exodus 12, 38 reminds us that when the Hebrews left Egypt, when they came out of slavery, uh, Exodus 12, 38 says, A rabble of non-Israelites went with them along with great flocks and herds of livestock. So we will, again, we will see a lot of Egyptians, perhaps a lot of other cultures that were present. Uh, these are the people who saw the plagues, who saw the chances, and said, yeah, I, I want to follow God. Yeah, that's incredible. It's it's very meaningful to me. Like, it actually just, like, helps me with my picture of God and his actual heart for people. Um, that is something you're going to want to take some time and notice as we go even deeper into the Old Testament, is that God sometimes does some things that seems very dark and very hurtful. Um, but a lot of times we just choose to focus on those dark, hurtful things and we miss the actual missionary heart of God consistently revealing himself to people. Right. People. And man, and the other thing that's going to happen too is like the Israelites are going to want to go back to Egypt eventually. Yeah. 
How And it's so crazy to me to think that they want to go back to slavery. But this whole story of the gospel, the whole story of the Bible, of God bringing people out of darkness into light, into like freedom for the Israelites was serving God over Pharaoh. And they're taken from this man who abuses them, enslaves them, makes them work hard to this kind, generous, loving God. And I I think it's such a beautiful thing, too, because it's exactly what happens to us when we accept Jesus. It is. So cool. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks so much for joining us today. Tomorrow, get ready for more plagues. Chances. (laughs) All right. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Exodus 7, starting in verse 14. Then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is stubborn, and he still refuses to let the people go. So go to Pharaoh in the morning as he goes down to the river. Stand on the bank of the Nile and meet him there. Be sure to take along the staff that turned into a snake. Then announce to him, The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has sent me to tell you, Let my people go so they can worship me in the wilderness. Until now you have refused to listen to him. So this is what the Lord says, I will show you that I am the Lord. Look, I will strike the water of the Nile with this staff in my hand, and the river will turn to blood. The fish in it will die, and the river will stink. The Egyptians will not be able to drink any water from the Nile. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, take your staff and raise your hand over the waters of Egypt. All of its rivers, canals, ponds, and all the reservoirs turn all the water to blood. Everywhere in Egypt, the water will turn to blood, even the water stored in wooden bowls and in stone pots. So Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord commanded them. As Pharaoh and all of his officials watched, Aaron raised his staff and struck the water of the Nile. (laughs) Suddenly, the whole river turned to blood. The fish in the river died, and the water became so foul that the Egyptians couldn't drink it. There was blood everywhere throughout the land of Egypt, but again the magicians of Egypt used their magic, and they too turned water into blood. So Pharaoh's heart remained hard. He refused to listen to Moses and Aaron, just as the Lord had predicted. Pharaoh returned to his palace and put the whole thing out of his mind. Then all the Egyptians dug along the riverbank to find drinking water, for they couldn't drink the water from the Nile. Seven days passed from the time the Lord struck the Nile. Then the Lord said to Moses, go back to Pharaoh and announce to him, this is what the Lord says, let my people go so they can worship me. If you refuse to let them go, I will send a plague of frogs across your entire land. The Nile River will swarm with frogs. They will come up out of the river and onto your palace, even into your bedroom and onto your bed. They will enter the houses of your officials and your people. They will even jump into your ovens and your kneading bowls. Frogs will jump on you, your people, and all your officials." Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, raise the staff in your hand over all the rivers, canals, and ponds of Egypt, and bring up frogs over all the land. So Aaron raised his hand over the waters of Egypt, and frogs came up and covered the whole land. But the magicians were able to do the same thing with their magic. They too caused frogs to come up on the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and begged, Plead with the Lord to take the frogs away from me and my people. I will let your people go so they can offer sacrifices to the Lord. You set the time, Moses said. Tell me when you want me to pray for you, your officials and your people. Then you and your houses will be rid of the frogs. They will remain only in the Nile. Do it tomorrow, Pharaoh said. All right, Moses replied. It will be as you have said. 
Then you will know that there is no one like the Lord our God. The frogs will leave you and your houses, your officials and your people. They will remain only in the Nile River. So Moses and Aaron left Pharaoh's palace, and Moses cried out to the Lord and the frogs he had inflicted on Pharaoh. And the Lord did just as Moses had predicted. The frogs in the houses, the courtyards, the fields all died. The Egyptians piled them into great heaps, and a terrible stench filled the land. But when Pharaoh saw that that relief had come, he became stubborn. He refused to listen to Moses and Aaron, just as the Lord had predicted. So the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, raise your staff and strike the ground. The dust will turn to swarms of gnats throughout the land of Egypt. So Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord had commanded them. When Aaron raised his hand and struck the ground with his staff, gnats infested the entire land, covering the Egyptians and their animals. All the dust in the land of Egypt turned into gnats. Pharaoh's magicians tried to do the same thing with their secret arts, but this time they failed. And the gnats covered everyone, people and animals alike. This is the finger of God, the magicians exclaimed to Pharaoh. But Pharaoh's heart remained hard. He wouldn't listen to them, just as the Lord had predicted. Then the Lord told Moses, Get up early in the morning and stand in Pharaoh's way as he goes down to the river. Say to him, This is what the Lord says, Let my people go so they can worship me. If you refuse, then I will send swarms of flies on you, your officials, your people, and all your houses. The Egyptian homes will be filled with flies, and the ground will be covered with them. But this time I will spare the region of Goshen, where my people live. No flies will be found there. Then you will know that I am the Lord, and that I am present, even in the heart of your land. I will make a clear distinction between my people and your people. This miraculous sign will happen tomorrow. And the Lord did just as he had said. A thick swarm of flies filled Pharaoh's palace and the houses of his officials. The whole land of Egypt was thrown into chaos by the flies. Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron. All right, go ahead. Offer sacrifices to your God, he said, but do it here in this land. But Moses replied, that wouldn't be right. The Egyptians detest the sacrifices that we offer to the Lord our God. Look, if we offer our sacrifices here where the Egyptians can see us, they will stone us. We must take a three-day trip into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God, just as he has commanded us. All right, go ahead, Pharaoh replied. I will let you go into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord your God, but don't go too far away. Now hurry and pray for me. Moses answered, As soon as I leave you, I will pray to the Lord, and tomorrow the swarms of flies will disappear from you and your officials and all your people. But I am warning you, Pharaoh, don't lie to us again and refuse to let the people go to sacrifice to the Lord. So Moses left Pharaoh's palace and pleaded with the Lord to remove all the flies. And the Lord did as Moses asked and caused the swarms of flies to disappear from Pharaoh, his officials, and his people. Not a single fly remained, but Pharaoh again became stubborn and refused to let the people go. Go back to Pharaoh, the Lord commanded Moses. Tell him, this is what the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, says. Let my people go so they can worship me. If you continue to hold them and refuse to let them go... The hand of the Lord will strike all your livestock, your horses, donkeys, camels, cattle, sheep, and goats with a deadly plague. But the Lord will again make a distinction between the livestock of the Israelites and the Egyptians. Not a single one of Israel's animals will die. The Lord has already set the time for the plague to begin. He has declared that he will strike the land tomorrow. And the Lord did just as he had said. The next morning, all the livestock of the Egyptians died, but the Israelites didn't lose a single animal. Pharaoh sent his officials to investigate, and they discovered that the Israelites had not lost a single animal. But even so, Pharaoh's heart remained stubborn, and he still refused to let the people go. 
Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Take handfuls of soot from a brick kiln and have Moses toss it into the air while Pharaoh watches. The ashes will spread like fine dust over the whole land of Egypt, causing festering boils to break out on people and animals throughout the land. So they took soot from a brick kiln and went and stood before Pharaoh as Pharaoh watched. Moses threw the soot in the air and boils broke out on people and animals alike. Even the magicians were unable to stand before Moses because the boils had broken out on them and all the Egyptians. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and just as the Lord had predicted to Moses, Pharaoh refused to listen. Then the Lord said to Moses, Get up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh. Tell him, This is what the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, says. Let my people go so they can worship me. If you don't, I will send more plagues on you and your officials and your people. Then you will know that there is no one like me in all the earth. By now, I could have lifted my hand and struck you and your people with a plague to wipe you off the face of the earth, but I have spared you for a purpose, to show you my power and to spread my fame throughout the earth. But you still lord it over my people and refuse to let them go. So tomorrow at this time, I will send a hailstorm more devastating than any in all the history of Egypt. Quick, order your livestock and servants to come in from the fields and find shelter. Any person or animal left outside will die when the hail falls. Some of Pharaoh's officials were afraid because of what the Lord had said. They quickly brought their servants and livestock in from the fields. But those who paid no attention to the word of the Lord left theirs out in the open. Then the Lord said to Moses, Lift your hand toward the sky so that hail may fall on the people, the livestock, and all the plants throughout the land of Egypt. So Moses lifted his staff toward the sky, and the Lord sent thunder and hail and lightning flash towards the earth. The Lord sent a tremendous hailstorm against all the land of Egypt. Never in all the history of Egypt had there been a storm like that, with such devastating hail and continuous lightning. It left all of Egypt in ruins. The hail struck down everything in the open field, people, animals, and plants alike. Even the trees were destroyed. The only place without hail was the region of Goshen, where the people of Israel lived. Then Pharaoh quickly summoned Moses and Aaron. This time I have sinned, he confessed. The Lord is the righteous one, and my people and I are wrong. Please beg the Lord to end this terrifying thunder and hail. We've had enough. I will let you go. You don't need to stay any longer. All right, Moses replied. As soon as I leave the city, I will lift my hands and pray to the Lord. Then the thunder and hail will stop, and you will know that the earth belongs to the Lord. But I know that you and your officials still do not fear the Lord God. All the flax and barley were ruined by the hail because the barley had formed heads and the flax was budding. But the wheat and the emmer wheat uh, were spared because they had not sprouted from the ground. So Moses left Pharaoh's court and went out of the city. When he lifted his hands to the Lord, the thunder and hail stopped and the downpour ceased. But when Pharaoh saw that the rain, hail, and thunder had stopped, he and his officials sinned again. And Pharaoh again became stubborn because his heart was hard. Pharaoh refused to let the people leave, just as the Lord had predicted through Moses. 